You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning and their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices, as well as storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. So the best way to keep up to date on all the fun, the excitement, and, well, playoffs coming up very shortly is to download the Odyssey app, search Pucks and Bolts, hit the auto-download button so you can stay up to date on all things, not only Tampa Bay Lightning, but we kind of expand and talk about a few things across the league and then playoffs. You know, we're always talking about the competitive games that are going down. So download that up, stay up to date on all things Tampa Bay Lightning, and share with friends, family, and other hockey fans around. I'm your host, Casey Hudson, and it's time for us to jump into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts. Taking us over to the breakout. If you guys joined us on the last episode of Pucks and Bolts, you know that we were in in anticipation of uh, a very exciting Hall of Fame ceremony. We're having some alumni return to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they got here pretty early in the week last week. Spent the entire week in Tampa Bay, brought their families, preparing for a luncheon, preparing for a nice little blue carpet event, and, um, of course, being honored and going down memory lane of their careers with the Tampa Bay Lightning and then some. So it was great to see so many impactful Tampa Bay alumni uh, coming back home joining us in the luncheon, having some fun. And one of the things that the Tampa Bay Lightning do that I absolutely love with the players is they do this thing called the face-off. And so it's different games that they'll play. They'll partner up the athletes and they'll do like lip reading of certain slogans and phrases during Gasparilla. Of course, it was pirate terms. And seeing these guys read each other lips was the most hysterical thing that I've ever seen. So what I love is that when the alumni came back, to celebrate the Hall of Famers that were about to be inducted this time around. You saw these guys get paired off and play the same game, play the same games, the lip reading and uh, the drawing face off and all these different things together. So things you're going to want to check out over at TampaBayLightning.com. And of course, I was able to be in studio right before this happened. So I got a quick little preview of the alumni doing the lip reading and just seeing each other. And it's so great to see how many of these guys continue to have this friendship outside of their careers with one another, what they're all up to now. Um, the guys that just were ready to retire and settle into a calm schedule versus the guys that are getting, a, getting involved in the coaching aspect or now the digital media era. So things to look forward to is the face-offs dropping and then the luncheon video that will be releasing that soon. So you can see all the, um, let's see, walk down memory lane videos that they did to honor these guys and Phil Esposito being the biggest guy to be talked about is 
because if it wasn't for him co-founding the Tampa Bay Lightning, we'd have no Lightning to talk about. Uh, starting his career with the Chicago Blackhawks, becoming an impactful player in the league as a center with the Boston Bruins, and then closing out with the New York Rangers, going to the New York Rangers to be a GM. And if you guys didn't know, Esposito got so much slack when the Bolts faced off with the Rangers in the Eastern Conference Finals, and he was rooting for the Lightning versus the Rangers. They thought his loyalty should have lied with New York. But you know what? You can't help where you fall in love, and he fell in love with Tampa Bay and has created a hockey atmosphere for each and every NHL fan in the league. And you know it's impactful. You know it's important. You know it's something beautiful when you have Leaf fans that are uh, low-key Tampa Bay Lightning fans. So that was the Hall of Fame week and weekend. And then speaking of something equally as legendary, equally as impactful and important, you've got Nikita Kucherov hitting 100 points. And the pace in which he does this, he's in great company with guys like Leon Dreisaitl and, of course, Connor McDavid or Connor McJesus, as people like to call him. And I just figured this out. Um, sitting number three in the league, of course, there's no surprise here. When we first started Pucks and Bolts, it was Kaylee and I that talked about the fact that uh, Nikita Kucherov's that silent ninja. At, you look up and you're finally like, oh, crap, this is what he's been doing all season. This is how many points and how many assists and how many goals he's put on the season. So while he sits at 100 points, he sits at 72 assists and 28 goals as well. And he's been on a bit of a streak, landing pucks and uh, being more consistent with getting those goals. Only eight of his 28 goals are on the power play. Typically, we see that power play goal number a little higher. But you know what? If you're not always in the situation to have to score on the power play, then you don't, and the guys are doing just fine with it. So big congratulations to Nikita Kucherov. We knew that that was coming, and his game is just continuing to get better. He makes it look so easy, and there's still nobody who has the vision on the ice like Nikita Kucherov. And wrapping up for the breakout specifically, we got some interesting news probably two hours ago, roughly. It's the fact that Adidas will not be handling the jerseys. <laughs> for the NHL, it's going to be fanatics. Now, the general thought of this, I think, has been consistent. A lot of fans are not happy with this partnership. A lot of fans are not looking forward to um, what fanatics is going to produce. The first thing that I saw shortly after this announcement was made was the fact that fans have never liked how the um, the fabric, how the creation of the shirts, the jerseys, anything that Fanatics has worn has not had any longevity. Uh, things fade, they peel, they shrink. And my personal, um, in my personal aspect and what I've had from them, I've had two shirts, the jersey shirts, and I probably was able to wear them three times, maybe a little bit more if I didn't wash them as much, which I wash everything like crazy. And then I had a baby tee. So I can understand the the hesitation for this partnership, I can understand the, uh, well, overall disappointment because what's this going to look like? My first thing, my initial thought when I saw this, besides the longevity wear of Fanatics, is the fact that nothing they produced has much swag. And we just started to see the NHL add so much more swag to their jerseys, to the warm-ups, to the different months and days that the NHL now acknowledges and celebrates. So what's that going to look like with Fanatics is the big question mark, at least on my end. Um, but I'm, in, I'm excited to see what the first release will be because you know they're going to have to try to condense some of the worries that fans have. And they're going to have to put out some kind of simulation of what to expect, what to anticipate. And because of this new partnership, will there be warm-up sweaters for everything that we now celebrate in the NHL. So something to uh, keep an eye out for, I guess. But 
you're not alone, hockey fans. Nobody's really jumping and excited about this Fanatics partnership, but you don't know until it happens, and we'll see what the first look of jerseys, um, we'll see what the first drop looks like. This is going to be interesting. Hopefully it doesn't completely destroy all the progress they've made for these exciting and really cool jerseys they've made over the last four or five years, but Adidas and Fanatics, they're on two different planets. It's like Walmart and Target or something else. So that's it for the breakout. We'll obviously throw some things over at Twitter to get you guys' opinions. Moving us over to takeaways. Now, the Bolts, as we know, were on the road to face off with New Jersey and New Jersey only. They went and played in New Jersey Tuesday, stayed obviously, played them again on Thursday, then headed home for all the Hall of Fame celebrations. Then they hosted the Montreal Canadiens on Saturday and then faced off with the New Jersey Devils again on Sunday, but here in Tampa Bay at Amelie Arena. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The biggest takeaways will be from those games as a whole. So starting on a more positive note, takeaway number one is going to be player playoff mode activated. I have to say that so slow to make sure that I'm saying it correctly. Player playoff mode activated. And that's my first takeaway because regardless of how many points this team has or has not walked away from, since January 14th, you're starting to see the right players gain take off and head in the right direction at the right time. Yes, there are still some concerns about how this team is going to make a run in playoffs where their consistency or inconsistency may lie, but big picture is the fact that the right guys are stepping up at the right time as long as health stays on their side. That's something to be excited about, Bolts fans and hockey fans. So first and foremost, we're going to talk about Brandon Hagel. 27 goals, 32 assists, 59 points. And Hagel turned into hat tricks Hags on Saturday versus the Montreal Canadiens. Beautiful hat trick. Of course, the last one was an empty netter, but still, he deserved it. We've seen a couple games where Hags has pulled off two goals or at least passed the Kucherov at the last minute, so he could have had two goals in a game. It was due time for him to have a hat trick. The confidence, if he didn't already have it, has skyrocketed. And I know some of you guys are thinking, it's Montreal, calm down. And still the form and fashion in which Hagel executed. It's what Hagel did leading into that game because we talked about Hagel or what he brings to this roster and how much he's just taken a huge stride in his element of game, starting with what he did Tuesday versus the New Jersey Devils in New Jersey. He was that tilt factor. He was that gamer that helped them command the ice on Tuesday versus the Devils, who is a fast, really good, and really young team. So the first player that had to be mentioned for player playoff activation mode is Brandon Hagel. And um, look, if he continues on this trajectory and just stacks on top of the statistics that he's producing now between takeaways, shots on goal, and now goals, you're looking at a guy who's going to help this team stay in the game, get that playoff push going, and um, who knows, hopefully see another Eastern Conference championship. Um, another more important guy to talk about is Alex Kalorn. You guys have probably heard me say this numerous times. Killer had one of his best career seasons last year, and that all started on January 4th versus the Blue Jackets. He was scoring back-to-back -back games. Then there'd probably be one game where there was a little bit of a lull or he just picked up an assist, but 
to say just is so insulting. He was so so consistent and um, so helpful and such a key piece to this roster last year, starting on January 4th and through that playoff push. And Alex Corn is on the same trajectory right here, right now, starting on January 14th versus the Canucks. Canucks were underestimated in terms of their ability to win. Alex Corn was the one guy helping keep pace or rhythm in that game. And ever since then, he started to pick up. And then especially within the last three weeks, there's not one game that you don't hear his name, either in the assist column or the goal column. And this is with certain goals being called back. We thought that PTSD was going to hit for a second after last year. He had, I think, back-to-back games of back-to-back goals called back. So killer on the right track, hitting that player playoff activation mode. Then this one could be hit or miss for some of you guys. But um, look, who isn't a big fan of Victor Hedman and what he brings to the Tampa Bay Lightning organization? He's one of the best defensemen in the league. He is so notable not only for his country, Sweden, but you know, the trophies that he's collected in the NHL and his style of play. You can't say it enough. One of the most unorthodox defensemen um, in the NHL. And look, a lot of people said so far this year, we're not seeing the same headman we saw years before then, but a couple of us do tend to forget that West Coast tour. He had that upper body injury. Mikhail Sergachev had to kind of step in for him in a lot of parts of the Bolts game. And now I feel like we're starting to see Victor Hanman back in his rare form, back in that element in which he's so useful and he's such a weapon on the ice. Um, typically, you see Hedman within, I don't know, 45 to 50 plus assists. He's at 37 assists right now, 44 points on the season and seven goals. Now that 56 game season that they had, he had nine goals. Last year, he had 20 goals. The amount of games that he missed in the beginning of the year you know, you kind of look at when he started picking up in the goal column again, and that starts happening at this part of the year. So he picked up a goal this past weekend, and I think we're just starting to see Victor Hedman get back healthy, get back in his stride. And when they figure out the deep pairings, he'll be able, you'll be able to let him rip, let him loose. And we're starting to see that so much more. So Victor Hedman is on the playoff player playoff activation mode, at least on my list. Uh, two more to go. Eric Chernak. Now, a lot of you are probably like, what the heck? Eric Chernak, who and what? Here's the thing. Chernak has been the most injured in his entire career this season. He's missed 10 games up to date. Within With that absence accounted for, with the games that he's gone out of, so it's not counted as games missed, but games that he's had to leave in the second or third period, he only has one goal on the season. Um, he started getting more of an offensive element to his game in the past year, in the past year alone. You see him pressing up to the net. You see him playing more of an upward game. But the biggest thing for Eric Chernak is his 74 shots, um, helping push the puck forward and create opportunity for his teammates there and starting to rack up in the assist column more consistently. So now that health is starting to kind of play more in his favor, there's more consistency to him being in the game for uh, three periods. As of late, he's constantly in that assist column. So he picked up his 13th assist the other night. Um, if there's one person on this team that I could say has hit the post the most, besides Braden Point, it's going to be Eric Turnock, crazy enough. So until those start to land, I just can picture and play out where Eric Turnock is going to be so helpful once those pucks start landing. But if you pay attention to his game, how much he has helped this team, and anytime he is absent, how significant of an absence that is, then Eric Chernak being healthy, being able to play and pushing the puck forward is a playoff player mode activation in my book. 
And then Braden Point. You can't have this conversation without Pointer. He's, if you look throughout this entire season specifically alone, there's so many games where he picks up two goals and makes it look so easy. He's at 43 goals, 38 assists, and 81 points on the season. Where that point total will be by the end of the season, they've only got a handful of games left. Once they get back, they've got seven games. So the big question is, can Pointer break or get close to 100 points, matching his typical line mate, Nikita Kucherov? We will see. So that's takeaway number one. Very long-winded wise. Takeaway number two. This will be way quicker because we all know this one exists. The second period slumps. This team has a lower, lower shot on goal percentage. Um, it's the period that they let up and allow teams to get back in the game or the comeback period for their opponent. And then the turnovers just tend to ramp up their ability to control the puck, their breakout. All of that just seems to die down in the second period. And a lot of people argue, okay, well, they did well for the first five minutes or they picked it up at the second half of the period. No offense. It doesn't really matter because this has been a consistent issue all of this season. A lot of their games, majority of their games, there has been a second period slump. This team has won in the first and third period. Third period being probably their most dynamic period in almost 65% of their games this season. When you're looking at how the competition is revved up, especially after that trade deadline. They don't have the margin to have a second period slump. Not this year, not this season, not with this Eastern Conference. These teams are going to make them pay. And the biggest thing that hurts them in these second period slumps are the turnovers in the D zone. D zone has to come out fighting and playing as strong, clean, simple, and structured as they do in the first and third period in the second period. And here's the thing. We've seen this team have some great second periods this season. I'm not discounting that at all. Perfect example, night one in New Jersey versus the New Jersey Devils. Half of that first period was tough to watch. Uh, it was really hard for the Bolts to cover the New Jersey Devils. They were putting up some interesting uh, skating patterns on these guys. Then they adjusted. They were able to handle it and then, you know, take over the game and have a strong, really strong, really clean, perfectionist second period. And they carry that momentum into the third period. That we need to see a lot more consistently. So that's my biggest takeaway. Something we're not, um, you know, we're all fully aware of. Those second period slumps are going to be costly if they don't get a hold of it. And look, the second period was gross to watch this Sunday versus the Devils again. And then even the Montreal Canadiens had a leg up in the second period on Saturday. If it wasn't for hat trick Heggs, that result would have been different. So they got to get that under control. Third and final takeaway, if I haven't alluded to it already, is D-Zone and pairing Sparks. After Sunday's loss to the New Jersey Devils, and leave it to Coach Cooper so kindly to say, hey, 82 games in a season, you cannot win them all. Whilst that is true, um, it's, it's the fact that some people are still wanting to hit the panic button. As I mentioned, when they get back off the road, they return home and play on March 30th. After that, they have seven games left in the season. Playoffs start on April, I mean, April 17th. Excuse me. So, Knowing that the timeline and playoffs are really starting to rev up here, you can't continue to have these games where you're like, you can't win them all. This was a winnable game for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but the second period slump hit them, and then they just started beating themselves. Turnovers were tremendous, and as I mentioned, that starts in the D zone. Um, their most successful games are obviously where they take control in the D zone and work their way up, setting guys up, not overpassing, executing, getting shots on goal. They've got two new additions that help rev up those shots on goal percentage, especially Mikey Asimont. You guys know, big fan of his style of play. 
But the turnovers, I mean, we've seen some gnarly turnovers from Mikhail Sergachev. We've seen some from Perbix. We've seen some from each of these guys. And Coach Cooper said it himself, we're still kind of trying to find that spark. Um, we talk about the blender a lot here on pucks and bolts. And while the lines have been changed up a lot in the last two weeks, the deep pairings have changed up quite a bit. There's been healthy scratches from guys you would not even anticipate. For instance, Nick Perbix hasn't played all weekend long uh, to the point where fans were asking, is he injured? Is he hurt? Something going on? No. Coach Cooper is just trying to see what sparks are going to really create uh, a dynamic, really help tilt the ice and really help create that simple structure that they try to stay within for three periods. So um, Perbix has been a healthy scratch. Pat Maroon's been a healthy scratch as of late in a couple of games. And then we know that they're trying to work in Radish. Uh, that they pulled in from the Syracuse crunch, seeing where his game is. Now, this makes sense to me because obviously they're going to try to get him the NHL reps and clearly see how he can help this team because they didn't pick up a defenseman at the trade deadline like everyone anticipated that they would. So their biggest factor right now is trying to figure out what works and they're almost running out of time. Coach Cooper's not hitting the panic button per usual. This team doesn't seem panicked. This locker room seems to still be so confident as to what they can do and how they can produce. And look, they've at least competed against the top teams in the league. Last time they faced off with the Boston Bruins, they pulled off an amazing W and they see them one more time before they return home. So I understand why Coach Cooper and the players are not alarmed. But if they go into this, having those slumps, having those turnovers, uh, looking sloppy in the D zone and not being able to handle odd man rushes, then they're going to put themselves in a Really, really unfortunate position to uh, bail out of playoffs quick and early there. So Hedman stepping up and getting in, in, in Hedman form at the right time is very helpful. We know typically the younger or newer defensemen pair off with him. Although I loved what I saw out of him and Bogosian um, matched up this season. I think some of the best games they had, Victor Hedman and Zach Bogosian were paired up. Uh, Cole, Ian Cole and Eric Chernak have been a pretty solid duo. I know some fans have been concerned about Ian Cole's style of play and uh, how he defends. But if Chernak's healthy and Ian Cole and is paired off with him, I think I've seen more good than bad out of this pairing. And then Sergachev and Radish was the pairing this weekend, obviously, with Nick Perbix out. Loved Nick Perbix and Sergachev together. You hear that Nick Perbix has mentioned um, how much Mikhail Sergachev has helped his game, how much he teaches him. And look, somebody asked me earlier today, do I think that Sergi has – is in a slump? Do I think that Sergi is not playing up to his full potential? I don't think that's the case. I think because Coach Cooper is still looking for that spark, I think because of all the shuffling around, his workload has changed game by game. His pairing has changed week by week. So sometimes it's an adjustment period. The biggest mistake that Mikhail Sergachev has made has had some, again, gnarly turnovers in the D zone. But outside of that, I mean, I think he's been pretty spectacular this season, honestly. And you know how much this team trusts him. If he's your go-to guy, to fill in for Victor Hedman. And even when Hedman came back, they still kept swapping him and um, Sergachev on that top power play unit and some other positions in which Victor Hedman's your go-to leader and your go-to guy. So I think that speaks volumes. I don't think there's anything to worry about. I think Mikhail Sergachev is probably going to be another guy that takes off and makes a big stride come playoffs. So takeaway number three, heading into cherry pickers from the weekend, probably Gave away some of my top choices. I don't think, even though I already gave him a cherry picker last week, there's just no, I, I think it's almost like illegal to not mention Brandon Hagel. He's just crushing it right now. Um, 
apparently too the montreal Canadiens are a team that he's hot against so we should expect another dynamic performance out of brandon hagel tonight as they face off with the montreal Canadiens. um but another one that i'm gonna say is i gotta go with killer alex corn and brandon hagel my top two playoff mode guys are gonna be my cherry pickers from the weekend um again they're just they're crushing it for this team and we're starting to see them just level up. And that's exactly what you want to see out of guys that bring so much energy and let alone swag. I mean, let's just talk about the swag element that Brandon Hagel brings to the game. And I think it's infectious. He's starting to step into his own. He's such a young guy. So imagine what he's going to be character wise to this locker room in another year or two. And uh, Nick Paul, we're waiting for you to, to win another goal here soon, bud. So those are my cherry pickers from the weekend. And as I mentioned, coming up next is another rematch with the Montreal Canadiens or Marty St. Louis Canadiens. Uh, the Moose was loose on Saturday versus the Canadiens and Vassy played Sunday. So I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Elliott is back between the pipes tonight. Um, just to put it in perspective, the Bolts outshot Montreal 41 to 21. It was an extremely low penalized game. There was only four power plays between both teams and Tampa Bay Lightning had 19 takeaways. Again, the slump in the second period almost allowed Montreal to get back into this, but that's going to be on their goal board to make sure it doesn't happen. Uh, Coach Cooper is a lot of confidence in this team to not make the same mistake twice or three times. So after a bit of a slumpy weekend, I would expect this team to play three solid periods of hockey. This is a team that they can do that with. This is also a team where they can kind of play with the lines a little bit more and really see where certain sparks pick up. Now, something to keep in mind is that Montreal's best scoring period is in the third, even though they put up the most shots in the first. So they can kind of match pace with the Lightning in that aspect, seeing as how the Bolts have stronger first and third periods. Um, most goals of the season for Montreal being 74, and that all comes in the third period. 91 for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, shots in the first period, as I mentioned, for Montreal, 663. That's 755 for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they can come into this being fully in control and kind of starting to weed through those pairings that they need to figure out, um, play with some different lines, play with some different movement. They have an opportunity here to get creative and still pull off a win. They have a chance to pick up. I think they have four games on the road. So eight points for them to return home with potentially in reach and Montreal is a good place to start racking up those points. So once again, guys, always follow us over at pucks and bolts. Let us know your thoughts on the takeaways and what your takeaways are. And if you're hitting the panic button yet for the Tampa Bay lightning team, or if you trust this team to pick up and turn things around at the right time. And as always, thank you for joining us here at pucks and bolts. And we'll catch you next time. 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 